I have no idea. But it's interesting for me to come during the time it's cold. I don't know what is wrong with me. The first time I came to the States was 1990 in January. Whew, I thought I was going to die. I've read about snow, but it's one thing reading and it's another thing experiencing it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I thank God for this morning, the opportunity to speak. I came here, and I have to be just honest, I came here not to speak. I came here to receive from the Lord. For many years, as I travel around the world, and I'm speaking in a church like this, there is always, and especially in a mission conference, there is always a temptation, thinking of how much is people going to give to your missions. But I have to be set free from that. Because when God gives you an opportunity, he wants you to see his glory. When God gives you an opportunity, he wants people to realize who he is. Do you know what I find out? Many of us come to church Sunday after Sunday, but most of the time it's becoming a tradition. And I'm asking God to help me this morning not to just come to speak. I'm asking God to help me that something can change out of my life. That I'll be challenged and realizing that it's not about what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to have or the building I have. It's all about how when I live here, I get excited about the heartbeat of God. Which means the world that is dying without Christ. Which means, the world that churches like this, we gather in the four walls, and we all come, to, all that we do is we come to fellowship. And many a time, as a preacher, as a missionary, all that I maybe I'm thinking about is, how much are the people going to give to me? May God help us. Many a time when I come here or when we come to church, all that we start looking at it is it's 12 o'clock. When am I going to Chinese buffet? <laughs> Do you know why I mention Chinese buffet? I love Chinese buffet. Oh my goodness. When I get to a Chinese restaurant, I have to pray to get out from there. But I'm asking God to help me that when I come into his presence, Something needs to change. You know, the Bible says Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and ever. Is that true? But can I be honest with you? And I'm just trying to be honest. Many of us come into his presence and even don't realize that he is there. And we walk through the formalities. And I am sick and tired of formalities. I'm sick and tired of tradition. I came here this morning that he has to do something in my life. I can't go on like this. No! I came here that he can show me himself in such a way that Moses didn't want to go to Egypt. But when he saw and met God in the burning bush, something changed. And he had a desire 
that even though it was difficult because he has stayed with Pharaoh for years and he knew the power of Pharaoh, but he came to the realization there is a God that is bigger than everything. And if he is for you, who can be against you? And I'm praying that this morning, before you leave, there is a fire that comes back to your life and you realize that it's no more formality, but it's he who he is. And he's going to get the job done with you or without you. If you avail yourself, he's going to use you. But if you think you've got it all together, God bless you. I need more of him. Because you know why? Even around this area, there are so many people that need to be here. But they are not. Because they haven't seen the difference in your life. You know, my heart breaks. Pastor, forgive me, I become emotional. When God himself said, the harvest is what? Plentiful. But the laborers are few. And he said, wake up! Look. When I hear things like that, it, it wakes me up. Today, as I was driving here, I had to park by the roadside and start crying. Because I see, I travel a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit with you. I travel around and I see people. Church, I've been to churches 5,000, 10,000, 2, or 5. And I'm asking myself if we really get excited about who he is. This group here is too many to get this place exploded. And just as I am caught up and you are caught, we are all caught up in our own world. May God help me this morning. May God help you. I don't know how the service is going to go. Uh, for the last two months, I, I was here about a month ago, and then I went. I came back three days ago. I don't know how this service is going. For the last two months, I've never been able to finish preaching. Because God comes in and takes control and serves it. You see, I'm not after how good somebody, how great he preached. No. There are good preachers there. I pray that today, at least one person's life is challenged. One. I'm not after f two or four. One. And he leaves here. And he said, enough is enough. I am going to be on fire for the Lord. And he, gets, he leaves here and he begins to look beyond himself or herself. And realize that there is so much outside there. God needs you. And needs me. Irrespective of what we are going through. He can be God. If we allow him. The only reason why my sister Jesus couldn't do anything in his own town is that the people did not allow him. The condition you create around yourself is going to allow God to be God in your life or he can be God. The condition, we the atmosphere we create here in Gateway is going to show whether God is going to be God or not. We are the only people here that can hold him not trying to be God here. And we can go through all the formalities, the tradition. But I pray 
Now today, we can bury tradition. Wake up. Needs only one person. And get so fired up. And say, God, I want you to be God here. And very soon, the seven acres of land that you people have bought is going to be built and reach out to this community. The souls that are going to hell to come to heaven. It can be done if we believe it. Can I hear me to that? Let me just go on with what I'm sharing. I may throw these three pieces away, but forget it. I'm, I'm so excited. I don't know what is going to happen this morning. And please just help me if I, I'm not, the, the, the Bible students here, I'm not following in my nose. And I'm jumping up and down. I believe we are in the most exciting time ever in the history of the world. And I believe too that we are in the most critical times ever in the history of the world. The economic crisis, you name it. The wars that are going on. I mean, you hear it everywhere. Not only in Israel, that happens, yes, but there are everywhere. Poverty. I just flew from Africa. And I'll tell you some of the things I do. Ruth did a great job. I mean, you see, when I see Americans like Ruth going to that place, it blesses my heart. You know why? My sister, my brother, you don't know me, but do you know why God put you here? Do you know why God, in the midst of everything, put you in the number one country in the world? Not because of how handsome you are, even though you are handsome, I know it. Not because of how great you are. God put you and gave you opportunity to be in the number one country in the world for himself. Not for yourself. He could have chosen anyone to be here. Pastor, can you tell me why you were born in America? The only thing you can say, my father and mother are Americans. That's all that you can say. But God, in his mercy, in his destiny, put you here for a reason. For a reason. I came here, I had the opportunity to come here to see how great country God, this country is because of what your forefathers did. You are reaping your forefathers did. And you can either use it for God's glory or for your glory. And stay in that beautiful house. I love beautiful houses. I love nice houses. But I find now that everything I see, touch, smell is temporal. And the Bible says it's subject to change. Every situation you are in is subject to change. The only thing that won't change is what? God's way. What is God's way? That is what we are going in for. You see, brother, in heaven, anything through you or by you or through your help, people come to know him. In heaven, you see them. That will never change. The souls you win will never, never change. It will be there. So we are in the most exciting time ever in the history of the world. Because of all what is happening. How do I know that? 
God's power, as I travel around the world, seeing his power falling, in his spirit falling in such, such a way that every time I see God's spirit pouring down, I weep and cry. All that I could use, say is, wow. Wow. Let me just name some few. If I can get them in hand, and I can be able to follow my nose. I heard this from the CBN, CBS. Listen to this. Some of the things God is doing. A Muslim man in Egypt killed his wife because he was reading the Bible and then buried her with their infant baby and an eight-year-old daughter. These girls were buried alive. And then he reported to the police that an uncle killed the kids. Fifteen days later, Another family member died, and when they went to bury him, they found the little girls under the sun alive. Did you hear that? This little girls, girl, uh, an infant and an eight-year-old girl. The country, which is aged, was so outraged that at the end of July, this man was executed publicly. The old that girl, which is the 80-year-old girl, was asked how she survived for the 15 days. And this is what she said. A man wearing shiny white clothes. This is a Muslim girl. With bleeding wounds in his hands. Came every day to feed us. Did you hear that? Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and ever. Lazarus was dead for how many days? Four days. These girls had been buried for 15 days. And every single day, Jesus came and fed them. This was read on the national television in Egypt. I was in Ethiopia. You can put that on the president of Ethiopia. That is him. On my right. This man is 85 years old. President Woody. He became a president when he was 79. Can you believe that? <laughs> At the age of 79, most of us are going on retirement. But why am I talking about this man? I went down there to witness to him. <laughs> I made a mistake. I've never seen anyone who is so much on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and the desire to win souls than this man. 85 years old. He put me to shame. Every week I was there, all that he's talking about is souls, souls, souls. And I'm thinking about Chinese buffet. He put me to shame. This is some of the things God is doing. But let me go on. I can go on and on and on because of time's sake. Uh, Ruth really put, tell her, she put some fire in back into me, my sister, when you, you see her. She woke me up as she was sharing. Let me go on to what we have today. Quickly. In some of the things, I know Ruth did a good job. Our ministry, I will try to squeeze that in as I'm speaking. Because I told you, I came here today that I can wake somebody up and challenge you that you can get the job done if you open up yourself. 
That is, I mean, I will share all about our ministry and all that, but that is not all that I want to share with you today is how I can be able to put the fire back into your spirit so that it becomes the day you got saved. I don't know about you, but for me, after drinking for so many years, and I was drinking 24 bottles of beer one day, and then God found me, I got so excited, nothing could hold me. And I need that excitement to come back again. Because I didn't care what anybody would say. Yeah, when I look at the, the, the chairs being empty, I know, my brother, we can do something. But some of us have been sleeping because we are so comfortable. My brother, you come here, you, quickly. I said, I don't know how the service is going. Please help me. Raise up your hand. I just sense in my spirit so strongly that the Lord is taking you to another level in your life. The Lord is going to take you from now. That It's not just going to be playing, but as you are on that, you'll be hearing from heaven. Because it's not about how good your voice is. It's not about how you can play. It's about as you begin to bring those words down. It's going to touch people's hearts and melt their heart and break their heart so that they all be running to this altar. Because it's about the change in you. It's about how people will draw near to Christ. That is what it's all about. And I see that time coming in your life. And he's telling you there are things that are going to be shaking. And they are going to get out of your way. The priorities you have are going to change. And you are going to wake up in the night that he told and you. You're going to ask the Lord, what next? And as you begin to ask that, see what is going to happen. I see this church, as you are preparing to go to that new dimension, is going to come through worship. Do you know why? Because worship is the only thing that the devil cannot stop. Daniel prayed, and for 21 days, his answers was held in the heavenlies, because there are three heavenlies. The first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven, and when you pray, your God released the answer in the first heaven, and they are held in the second and the third heaven, and the only thing that breaks through is the worship. And as the presence goes forth, it breaks through, and answers are coming. Can somebody stand behind him quickly? Stand behind that guy. And I see this man moving into that new dimension. And God is going to use you in such a way that as the words begin to come from heaven, you begin to forget about yourself. But you are hearing from heaven. And when heaven is intervening, things start happening. Can I hear me to that? I release that impartation on you right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I don't know how the service is going, but forgive me. This is an African. I will live right from the service. And so so you, I may do things that are not should be done, but help me. I want to obey God and any other thing. I want somebody to get up from here so fired up and then realize that it's not too late. It's only too late when you think it's too late. Hallelujah! Oh, I'm so excited. Keep right clapping, brother. You are getting me to, to get fired up more. What am I saying? It's going. Our scripture today is Psalm 2. You can enjoy the Lord. He's doing something to you. You stay there. Have it all. That is more important than anything. Psalm 2, verse 8. It starts from verse 7 and 8. Psalm 2, chapter 2, verses 7 and verses 8. 
I told you I just didn't come here to preach. I came here to receive. God is doing something in my own personal life now. Oh, Psalm 2. I, I will declare the decree. And the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Verse 8. Ask of, ask of me and I'll give you what? For what? The nations for your inheritance. And the ends of the earth for what? Your possession. He said, ask of me. This is the Savior declaring. Can you put that? Yeah. Put the next one on, the, on, on it for me. The nations. The nations. The Lord said, ask that. Is he telling the pastor? No. Every one of us. Ask that as your inheritance. This is the scripture, our main scripture. But let me go to, to be able to explain this more, let me go to our next text, which can be found in John chapter 4. John 4. To be able to give us a true picture of Psalm 2 verse 8. John 4. Uh, I'm going to start from verse 1. But uh, let me tell you, there is a conversation going between Jesus Christ and the Samaritan woman. They are talking. And I'm going to expand on that. Focusing on the nations. And so just be with me. Let's start from verse 7. Continue to start from the conversation. And the woman of Samaria came to draw what? Water. And Jesus said to, to her, give me a drink. I believe that the Bible says where two or three people have gathered, who is there? Him. I believe, whether you believe it or not, I believe he is here. And if he is here, one of the things that eluded me for a long time, and I want you to draw that, I will go to church, but I was looking to the pastor. No. He is here. And when you, the Savior is here, it changes all your attitude. Do you know what, what? Because when you came to receive, your heart is always preparing. If he's here, Lord, touch him. Do you know, anywhere he went, the Bible said he healed what? Oh. Oh. So if he's the same yesterday, today, and ever, and if he's here, he's here to meet your need. But it only will happen to those who are, have the anticipation and those who really want, I came to receive. You see, some people came to preach. Some people came to show their faces. Some people came here to show their dressing. Praise good for you. But if he is here, he is here because of you. Do you see what I see among all of you? We come with the, with, with the burdens on our head. And we jump. He is good. He is good. And he is begging you, give me this burden so that I give you what? Rest. But most of us live with still the burden on our head. Without giving it to him. I am tired of that. I am tired of my burden. I want to give everything to him today. Because when I give it to him, he is going to give me a rest. 
that is beyond everything. He came, he is here not because of anything. He is here to meet your he is here to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. He is here so that you can draw closer to him. Because the closer you are to him, like the Peter and Paul, you know, people talk about miracles in Africa, you know, the same Jesus is here. And if he is here, we believe it, we are going to see who he is now. Not yesterday. Now. How many are ready to receive? Get ready. We are going to move now. If you are ready to receive, we, you see, it's, we take it only by faith. I like what you did this morning. And this is, I will come next year if God promise, make, make it happen. Teach on healing. For a long time, I missed something. Isaiah 54 talks about he was bruised for what? So when we call for salvation, we just cry out and we are saved. By his stripes. <laughs> so salvation, we take it by faith. Is that right? Why don't we take healing by faith? When, when somebody is saved, what do you see? He just believed that. And he go lived there believing I'm saved. Why is it that when you were prayed for this morning, you don't, you don't leave? Because he did that 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. And so today, you just did what the word says, that when somebody is sick, you call the elders and you lay hands on them. And so from there, by faith, you take your healing, just as you took your salvation. And see what God is going to do. My people are perishing. I had my back broken. They were going to do an operation. Do you know what the doctor told me? He said, after the operation, I have 15 chances of walking. What was he telling me? You are not going to walk. I mean, that's exactly what he was telling me. So I said, I won't do it. Everybody thought I was... The pain was as bad as anything. I couldn't walk. I came in and I said, Lord, how did I get my salvation? He told you I was a drunker. 24 bottles of beer every day. Dr. Bonke came to Kumasi. I was going to commit suicide. Jumped from seventh floor. And I heard him preaching in a crusade. And his hand was pointing to me. There are people here who are going to die twice. I said, I'm not going to die twice. I think when I'm jumping, that is the end. <laughs> but when he said, I'm going to die twice, I ran like a crazy guy from the seventh floor. And when I got down, I found out that the crusade was one mile away, brother. <laughs> but because he gave me hope, I ran to the altar and gave my life to the Lord. But from that day, in the spiritual realm, I'm saved, but physically, I was still drinking. Watch me carefully. And I'll come to the altar, and I cry. Do you know up to today, I don't know when I was set free, but the one thing I know, for 25 years now, I've never taken any drink before. 
God, he touched me. That is salvation. What about sickness? My back. And I come to the altar and they will pray. And people were laughing. Every day I'll be running to the altar. You see, do you know why they are laughing? Because they don't have that pain. But I knew what I was going through. And I knew doctors couldn't do it, but there is a doctor that is above all doctors. And his name is called Jesus Christ. And I know that if he said it, he's going to do it. But I have to, he said, those who diligently believe, we have it. And today, I can jump, I can dance, I'm healed. I'm totally healed. I can bend. I can do everything. The doctor couldn't believe it, but I told him when I, the day I went, I said, there is a doctor you don't know. <laughs> He's a doctor among all doctors. And he is here. And he is here not just because he is here. He is here to do something in your life. Amen? Let me go on. So there's a conversation between Jesus Christ and the woman, the Samaritan woman. And he said, what? I need a drink. Give me a drink. His disciples had gone down, verse 8, into the city. The woman said, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. But let me go on. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, who, is, who said to you, give me a drink, you have asked him, and he will have given you living water. Verse 11. The woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is so deep. Where do you think you can get the living water? Do you know that's what most of us are saying? When we say Jesus is here, no, most of you have been here every single Sunday and you don't see anything. But today is going to be a different day in your life. The woman didn't see anything to draw. But he said, how can you do it? Some of you are asking that question. This African guy, what is he talking about? I'm talking about what I've, I've experienced personally. That's why I've found out two blind people in a crusade. One will receive the one healing and the other will go home still blind. And I'm tired of being blind. I need a touch. And this choice is yours. You can change your whole theology and say he is here and I need him. And you have the anticipation and it's going to happen to you. The choice is yours. If you want the way you want, you came in, just go that way. But I came here to receive from him. And the woman said, let's go to verse 12. Ah, you greater than the father. But let's touch him. Jesus answered to him, whoever drinks of this water will test again. 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never test again. But the water that I give, I shall give him will become in him a fountain of what? Waters of springing up in the, into everlasting life. And the woman said, Sir, give me this water that I may not test nor come to here to, here to draw. The title I put for this teaching today is You are going to become a sign and a wonder at this mission confession day. You are going to become what? A sign and a wonder. I want you to tell your neighbor, you are going to become a sign and a wonder. 
And I want you to tell your neighbor, I am going to become a sign and a wonder. The reason why I'm saying this, this woman, because of time's sake, let me stop. She was just like each one of us. Even she was worse. I will call her in our today's theology that she's a prostitute. From one man to another man. But the very day she heard the Savior, she knew there was something different about this man. And not where she was, because she was tired of that. She wanted a new life. And he said, give me this drink. We don't know all the details, but one thing I know is that this woman got something new in her. How do I know? When you read further, she forgot even about That she came to get water. There was a new desire in her. And that desire was, listen carefully to me today. In my neighborhood, there are many people like me who don't know the living water. I never heard that she went to a Bible school. Maybe the theologians here could, could tell me about it. All that she did was she was obedient. Believing that God that she has met. That something new is going to happen. The first time her desires changed. Her desire was no more running after her husband. But her desire was that let my heart be changed to be God's heartbeat. God's heartbeat is after lost souls. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes him will be saved. Her heartbeat at that time changed from, from everything she wanted in life. And all that she wanted is that he realized for the first time God created her for God himself. I want to submit to you, brother. God created you for himself. And so, your agenda, and I want to talk to young people. When I see young people, I get excited. Because I love what Ruth said, the new generation. This country is in your hands. Stand up. You can choose to do what you want to do. I see God's hand on your life. It's so, so huge. But you've been running away in different directions. But I hear today, deep down inside me, that he created you for himself. And he wants you now to start realizing where can you, how can you get there. Jesus Christ was 12 years old. He was already ministering. 12 years old. I met a guy, a young boy, 11 years old, ministering to thousands. How old are you? Oh. <laughs> you know how to eat, is that right? Okay. I'm just like you. But young man, the future generation is perishing. Maybe your mother and your father drag you here. I don't know. But today, no more left and right. Huh? No, I'm putting a little bit of fear into you now. No more. You watch and start pursuing him and see what he's going to do in your life.
I love what I read today. He holds the whole world in his hands. Your world is in his hands. Where you, you, your aspiration, what you want to be, is in his hands. And he can turn it in a second. But he wants you today to start seeking him. And in 10 years, see what he's going to do in your life. It's not just about your small environment. See how much he can use you to touch lives. Start thinking about it. What am I saying today? The woman that was like a prostitute went back to the city because her heart, her heart changed. And she was just obedient because obedience is better than what? And the Bible said she won the whole city. She became a sign and a wonder. What I like about this story is that when they came, they said, it's because of your testimony that we are here. But we have seen it for our own self. What testimony do you have? Are people running away from you or people who are following you? something we need to ask ourselves. In 1990, as he said, I came, after being saved, I came to this country. And the first thing that attracted me was Chinese buffet. <laughs> I keep talking about it. I love Chinese. When I go in, there's so much food. <laughs> when I graduated, Chinese buffet didn't want me to go back. There was, it, it was difficult. But I wasn't created for myself. I was created for him. So I went. The first crusade I put up, five people showed up. <laughs> After preaching for 10 minutes, two left. <laughs> I didn't know I was a poor preacher like that. But one thing I didn't do, I didn't quit. You can't quit. Joshua and Caleb was told they were going to take the promised land. Is that right? For 40 years, they were going around. Some of you said, God called you into this church. But after the pastor didn't wear a tie that day, he said, I'm leaving. <laughs> How did God change his mind in such a short time? And because I didn't quit, I want you to put the next one on. In less than 10 years, we saw over 10 million people confess Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Let's give the Lord a big hand. He is faithful. He is faithful. And he can use someone who is no one and can bring a difference in your life. It doesn't matter whether you are a prostitute. It doesn't matter where you are. Whether you are young or you are old. He is using 85 year old man. He can use you. It's not too late. Not only did we win over 10 million souls. God told me to reach both the poor and the rich. So I started praying, God lead me to presidents. Do you know, to get to a president, can you just walk to President, president uh, Obama's? Uh, no way. But if God is before you, you can easily walk there. Go to the next one quickly. That is the president of Nigeria, or the former president, Basanjo. I went to witness to him. To the point that go to the next one. Oh, I love food. I was sitting at the breakfast with the president. My goodness. I mean, God can take you to kings. I, 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 this morning, I just want to encourage you. Don't look at yourself. 
Look at what God can do through you. Don't limit God. I did that for years. Go to the next one. That is uh, the president of Ethiopia. Go ahead, quickly. That is your own chaplain. He's in the, I mean, the chaplain of the U.S. Senate. Dr. Berry, he's still the chaplain. Go to the next one. That's the first lady of Ivory Coast. Go to the next one. That is the president and his wife, the first lady. Go to the next one. By God's grace and with his help, the guy who couldn't speak to five people and two left, we have planted 180 churches in 10 African countries now. I couldn't even speak. Just as Isaiah said, I'm a man with uncleanness. He said, who can I send? Go to the next one quickly. These are some of the churches we planted. This is, go, go to the next one. These are some of them. It's not a huge one, but it's a church. Souls, go to the next one quickly. I want, these are some of the churches. The next one. These are some of the churches. That the pastor and his wife. These are some of the churches in different countries. These are some of the churches we are planting go, quickly. This is another one. We don't just plant churches. We've got a Bible school. It's a two-year program. As uh, I heard Ruth saying, to train the national leaders. So our Bible school, we've now trained 500 pastors who are all in full-time ministry. Go to the next one. We just bought a land, and we are building the first Christian university in Ivory Coast. That is it. So it's in the construction. What am I saying to you? Just like the Samaritan woman, if you avail yourself, God can use you. Are we only doing that? The Lord put at my heart two years ago to start feeding the people. So we are using rice, just a bag of rice. And we are winning more souls with that. They think they are coming for the rice. But here, rice is nothing. But there is something. So we are believing God. The next picture. Believing God to feed about 100,000 families by the end of this year. We are already on, and I will talk more about that very, very soon. But one of the things that I was sharing with the pastor that so excites me is that just trust God and see what he can do through you. I was in Israel just uh, some few uh, months, and I thought I was going to uh, just uh, stay, I mean, visit and um, just talk to the Lord. Whilst I was there, the Lord hooked me up with a guy, and he found out that the way I speak, I'm not from Israel. He could find out easily. <laughs> and so where are you? So I said, I'm from Africa. And he said, we've been believing God to reach out to Africa. Find out that the Israelis government own a satellite station. He hooked me up with that. And as I'm speaking, we are believing God to reach out to 300 Muslims, the new generation, with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ through the satellite. In the French-speaking countries, they will never allow you to use the gospel there. But through the satellite, we are reaching, the, it's called the new generation. We are reaching the new generation with the gospel. God can do the what? Impossible. But it's only to those who said, God, use me. 
So, because of that, we are setting up a, 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 an office in Charlotte about three years ago because of time's sake. I may, maybe we'll stay here for another one hour. I don't know. Be uh, a church in Charlotte gave me their building. Just gave it to me. I'm not here, but they gave it to me. A building like this. Three years ago, I didn't know what to do with it. But today, I find out what I can do with it. We are setting up our offices so that the satellite, we can be able to promote it in our offices here. And so that is going to start somewhere in January uh, this year. Uh, I need a lot of volunteers. When I talk about volunteers, uh, I need a lot of ideas. I go in and out my email. I've got all on the table. Just take it. Give me ideas how we can set this office up. We are not only going to use the satellite, but the feeding program. We are believing God that this year, up to 2009, we are feeding about uh, 100,000. But next year, in three years, our goal is to feed 8 million people. You have a bigger goal, and let God do it. In yourself, you can't do anything. But with God, all things are possible. So we are setting up these offices. I just share with Pastor. I had some Canadians coming to visit us. I sent a lot of missionaries uh, to Africa. I mean, he's my hope, the big church in uh, the Bruce and all that. So I go up and down. A lot of missionaries come with me to do different things. Some Canadians came two years ago to do ministry. Church planting, crusade, training of leaders. Just as a month ago, one called me. We sent them to do a crusade in a city of about 1.5 million people. And the reason why he called me was that he had a cut on his leg. And we said we were looking for a hospital. We couldn't get any hospital. So we have to take him all the way to Abidjan. And not knowing for two years now, he's been praying that God, how can he plant a hospital in that city? He called me and he said something that broke my whole heart. He said he's got a bank that is going to build a hospital, a complete hospital for that city. The bank will give us a loan for 100 years without interest. <laughs> I, I like that. It's always when God does something, it's what? Wow. 100 years without interest. He alone can do that. But they said something that shook me a little bit. They said, we are not going to give you to free. You need to raise $100,000 so that we know you are serious. Because it's going to cost millions of dollars. All that I need from you, pray with me that I can be able to raise that $100,000 before 31st, before 31st of January. Because if we don't do that by that time, we are going to lose that, I mean, that amount. So I need, when two people agree on anything, heaven intervenes. So I know the money is somewhere. To God, $100,000 is what? Nothing. But I need your prayers. That's why I want you to partnership with me. Because today, what I'm trying to challenge you, that you are not here by accident. My sister, I, I love the way you prayed. But you are not here by accident. Some here, some are called to be missionaries. Some are called to, because of your finances. 
Some are called to be pastors. Some are called to be worship leaders. We all have got a part to play. But some of us don't know where we are. Do you know that it's, it's find out in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. He said, before you came to your mother's womb, God has a destiny for your life. But can I tell you something? Many of us die without reaching our destiny. Do you know that Abraham was 75 years old before his destiny came to realization? Some of us, if you don't know where we are going, we started and we were running so far and we got to somewhere we don't know where we are going. <laughs> we go to the left or to the right. Life is not about you. It's about what God wants to do through your life. The problems we are going through in God's eyes is nothing. Nothing. Let me share this and finish. In 19, uh, 2005, you see, Pastor, what you didn't know, all this I've shared with you. I was a businessman before I came into ministry. I lost everything. And sometimes it has to take you to lose everything before you know he's the one who owns you. And I was going to commit suicide. And then through Bunky's ministry, I got saved. So when I got saved, everything changed. I came to BTI. And after graduating, I thought everything was going to be... I didn't have anything. But he has it all. Is that right? I went back. And for five years, nothing was working. And then the Lord said, Take what is in your hands and see what I can do with it. And I said, Lord, what is in my hand? He said, you know about business. Said, yeah. He said, okay, just let me give you ideas. He said, buy a taxi. And, see. and I bought one taxi. In less than five years, we had over 200 taxis on the road. We started paying 10%, 20%, 30%. So the more we paid, the more the business exploded. In 2000, there was a war in Ivory Coast. How many heard about that? I lost everything. So 2005, I was about just because I, by 2005, I have owned $60,000. In Africa, $60,000, that's a lot of money. Here, it's nothing. Here, everyone, but there, that's a lot of money. So I thought the ministry have come to an end. Dr. Osborne is my spiritual father. He called me out of the blue moon. And I almost told him, don't come. <laughs> he said, son, shut up. <laughs> Sometimes we need to hear, shut up. So he came. I introduced him the first day, the second day. The third day I was going to introduce him before 300,000 people. He said something I will never forget. He said, son, you can't introduce me because there is sin in your life. Oh, my goodness. I just picked you at the hotel. If there is sin in my life, you could have told me. I could have confessed it there. <laughs> but before 300,000 people, sometimes you need to be shaking before you come to the realization of who you are and what was my sin. 
He said, son, your sins, you don't trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, he said, trust God with what? <laughs> In all your ways, acknowledge what? Do you know what that means? Everything that is happening to you, if you truly trust him, you praise him. You won't complain. If we read Hebrews chapter 3, he killed almost all the Israelites because of whining and complaining. Thank God he hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> he gave me another opportunity. And I cried to the Lord. I said, Lord, I didn't know that I didn't trust you. So I realized for the first time that not trusting God is a sin. So Osborne prayed for me. He did everything. He said, I release anointing upon you. I said, wow. He said, you're going to win muscles. I said, wow. You're going to do a lot of healing. Wow. You're going to pray for people. Businesses are going to explode. Wow. But then... As after praying and doing all these things, I saw the offering basket coming. And the Holy Spirit said, write Osborne a check of $6,000 as I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Because in my account, all that I had was $6,000. I owe $60,000. And I was rebuking the devil in the middle of the presence of God. <laughs> you see, where your treasure is, just some few minutes, I've been praying that I don't trust God. Is that right? The Holy Spirit said, "Give write a check of 6,000 and I'm rebuking the devil. So I took my checkbook out. I didn't call my accountant. I don't know how the bank paid it. My hand was shaking like anything. I wrote 6,000. Put it in the checkbook uh, basket. I went home. Who was sitting in my office? My accountant. He's written two checks out of the $6,000 he wanted me to sign. He's the one talking to my creditors. Is that right? And he brought a check and I said, I can't sign. He said, what do you mean by you can't sign? I said, I just gave all the money to Osborne. He said, you did what? He reached out to his bag and brought all the checks, slammed them on my table and said, from today, count me out. The next day, called my creditors and told them never to call him again. They should call me. I thought after giving to the Lord, everything is going to be easy. The next day, I had calls from everywhere. Osborne has instructed me to take one month, don't do anything, go and seek the Lord in the midst of the storm. But I've just been challenged. Trust God with what? The prophet that God brought into my life was not joking. He wanted me to see that the God we are serving is real. In the midst of the storm, like the three Hebrew children, are you going to bow to the devil? Or you are going to believe God's word? The fire was still burning. They threw them in. Is that right? 
My fire was burning. And I was thrown in. I took one month off. Everybody thought I have run away. Do you know, in less than two months, I had a call from Burkina Faso. One of the guys I prayed for. He says, Pastor, you don't know what God has done. I said, what did you do? He said, the business we've been praying for, I just got the contract to construct all the roads in Burkina Faso. And I felt this morning, he had no idea what I was going through. But who knew? And I failed to write you a check of $60,000. I said, you are kidding. And I started crying on the phone. And he thought I have hung the phone. <laughs> I said, no, I'm there. He said, are you there? I said, I'm there. He said, what happened? So I started telling him the story. He said, Pastor, take the $60,000 and pay the debt. I write you another check of $20,000. Take that and start your business again. When God does everything, all that you can say is what? Wow. I took the $60,000. My, my accountant is a Catholic. He was a Catholic. He's been with me for 20 years. When I, I, I speak to him and hit his Bible with the head, I mean, with, with the, his head with the Bible, he said, I was born a Catholic. I was baptized a Catholic. I was confirmed a Catholic. I'll die a Catholic. And when I sent that $80,000, he said, where did you get that money? I told him the story. He broke down. And he said, today I want to receive Christ into my life. I led him to the Lord. 20 years have I been preaching to him. But he saw the miracle of God. He's still our accountant in our ministry. What am I telling you today? God knows where you are. Young man, get to your feet. You know, you're a very smart, smart guy. Very, very smart. I believe the Lord is telling me that you are going to run in the spirit now. He said, he knows your need. He knows what you he, can t he holds your word in his hand. It's a very difficult time for you. Come quickly, come, come. I know it's difficult. Raise up your hand. And it's a sign of surrendering. You see, I, I, I told you I came here that God would touch our heart and show himself to us. It's not about the preaching. And son, I want to tell you that you, you, he's giving you some gifts that you know, not many people have it. And he's going to turn things around in your life. That you too can come one day as I'm holding the mic. And he said, I came ahead that African. And I see that God is a God among every, is, is greater than anything in my life. And he turned things around in my life and showed me himself. That's what I see in this young man's life. And you are going to give a testimony. And your testimony is going to draw many, many people to you. Stretch out your hand toward this young man. Lord, I thank you and I bless you for this young man you've raised. You've got a destiny for his life. And what he's going through right now is just a formality. 
Lord, I come against any discouragement in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I come against any distractions in Jesus' name. And I lose him right now. I lose him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I put before him an open door that no human being can shut. Lord, I put before him that the doors of heaven will open. That this man will know that it's not by anything, but it's only by your power that you've opened that door. That he will know that, Lord, you're a God that restored. You're a God that renewed. You're a God that brings miracles. And, Lord, I pray right now, miracles will come in this young man's life. That he's going to be a sign and a wonder. That many people will know as they saw that Samaritan woman. Look at what the Lord have done. Lord, I give you praise in Jesus' name. And all the people said, what am I saying to you? I'm saying, young man, just enjoy. Let the Spirit just do work on him. What I'm saying to you today, that today walk from the normal formality and begin to open yourself and say, Lord, what are you going to do? What do you have for me in life? Yes, I've done so many things. But he said, your later days are going to be better than what? Your former days. I'm expecting God to move in such a way in people's life that you are going to be a sign and you are going to be what? A wonder. The harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. I'm going to pray right now. All of you stand to your feet. I've told you, forget about the message. I have not even preached half of mine. Come on now. Another time I come here, Pastor, we are going to have a great time in the evening. I sense in my spirit you don't need to talk to me. There are people here there was one time in your life there was that fire burning. And I don't know what happened. Somebody poured cold water on that fire. It's no more there. But these are the time, such a time like this. I believe the Lord's anointing is coming upon you that it is going to stir up that fire. And you are never going to be the same. How it's going to happen, I don't know. But I know deep down that it's going to happen. I sense in my spirit right now there are some of you who are struggling with relationship. He came to restore. He knows you started on a very good note. But today, it seems that it's something is not going the way it should be going. I call it distractions. He can restore and bring that back to you again. And you know and you know that he is on the throne. I sense in my spirit that some of you are going through some financial difficulties. I've been through it before. I'm still going through it. I need $100,000. I don't know where it's going to come from. But I'm, I know, I, that's why I told you I came to receive, not to preach. I know as we join together in prayer, God is going to do a miracle. Some of you are going through some financials. I've mentioned a couple of things. Some people, too, you see, the, God created us. Listen carefully before I start praying. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, he said, every, after creating everything was what? Very good. Do you know what that means? Complete. Spiritually, physically, emotionally. And that means you can have dominion because it's complete. 
But most of us, things are having dominion over us. Some of us are doing well financially, but spiritually we are like basket case. Some of us are doing well spiritually, but financially there's so much hole in our pocket. Some of us emotionally, it's so bad. But today, with the anointing here, it's not from me, it's him. Because if we're two people, I've got that I'm dead. I'm just going to be a man and step forward and release the anointing upon your life because the anointing can break the yoke. With all heads bowed, eyes closed. If you are in one of these categories that I have mentioned, raise up your hand quickly. I'm going to pray for you. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay. I want everyone in this room to raise the two hands up as a sign of surrender. Lord, I thank you this morning for your presence. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your spirit. Lord, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's only by your spirit. Lord, I come against any spirit of discouragement in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against any traditional spirit in Jesus' name. And Lord, I release your power upon these people that they will walk from here knowing and knowing that you created them for yourself. It's not about them, but it's about you. The Lord, those who are going through financial problems, we come again, we rebuke that in Jesus' name. And we said, abundance should come into their way. Those who are going through relationship problems, we pray for restoration and your love to flow through that in Jesus' name. Sickness, we speak to that sickness, that go in the name of Jesus Christ. Those who have lost their job, we speak that Lord bring opportunities that jobs come upon your children. And Lord, I pray especially for this church that we have seven acres of land. I pray that the finances will come from the north, south, east, and west. And Lord, raise millionaires in this church in Jesus' name. And Lord, raise people who are so witness like the Samaritan woman in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your anointing that breaks the yoke, the anointing that encourages. I thank you for everyone here that will begin to play the role you've called us as missionaries, as pastors, as soul winners. I give you praise in Jesus' name. And all the people said, let's give the Lord a big hand. Before you sit down quickly, I've taken all the time. I, I thank God I didn't go for four hours. Um, I want you, if you will be my prayer partner, there are some forms behind the Ruth has got a table and I've got another table over there. There are some white forms. If you will be a prayer partner with me. I've got two forms. All my information is on it. You can take one and write, just be a partner in prayer. I will appreciate that. Because I need prayer partners for this to happen. Pastor, you can come now. God bless you. I love you people. Amen. Amen. Why don't you have a seat for a moment? Uh, I know our time. Uh, this is a little longer than we normally go. But this is a, a moment that we've been praying for. Uh, 
and a miracle moment for us as a church, I believe. And uh, I'm just asking God just to, to open our hearts uh, in two areas. Of course, we're going to uh, take an offering for our missionary, uh, Anthony Oboa, and uh, you can uh, designate on an offering envelope to do that. And, uh, and, I, and I do pray that you'll be generous and that, you'll, that God will meet his every need uh, as God continues to work in his life and through his family. And uh, second to that, we've been asking God uh, to speak to your hearts concerning faith promises. And, uh, and I know the benefit of uh, giving and giving um, in two areas. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me. This has been on my heart for the past several weeks, praying and fasting for, uh, for this time. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says this. It says, And now, brothers, I, uh, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian church. It was a church a lot like ours. It says, Out of the most severe trial, we just talked about some of those trials, the tribulation and the hardship that some of us are experiencing. It says, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For they, or it says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. And that's in the first area that I want to challenge us in our own hearts, that each of us are able to do something. It doesn't matter if you give a dollar or if you give ten or a hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand. We're able to do something. But then it says, says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. You say, well, how is that possible <laughs> to give beyond your ability? I wrote down in my journal this morning that I want, this is personal, I want God to give more through me than he does to give to me. I mentioned that last week. And the way that has happened in my life, and I've seen happen in many, many people's lives, is through making a faith promise. You say, God, I'm able to do so much. But even beyond that ability, that's the faith part. God, challenge my heart what to give. We're going to take an offering, and in our offering, first of all, I want to uh, ushers, if, uh, do we have some extra faith cards in the back there? Um, uh, Rick, you know, we've actually, uh, they, we're stuffing them in the, uh, in the uh, Bob, why don't you go grab the rest of those? I can't, Bob was helping me stuff them in the bulletins. You should have, if you received a bulletin, you got one this morning. But I want to put one in every person's hand. Bob will be right back, and uh, we, we have extras. And uh, I want to challenge each of us to do something this morning. On the Faith Promise card, it says weekly I pledge or monthly I pledge. Um, either way is fine. Then there's a portion that you rip off and that you give the bigger portion we're going to give in the offering. If you need a faith promise, just slip up your hand. If you don't have one, I'm going to ask that we that 100% uh, of us will participate this morning uh, to do this together. And then it says, just simply, as God enables me, I will help take the message of Jesus into all the world by giving through missions uh, at my local church. This is an important moment. I know that God wants to expand our borders. Brother Anthony, before service, talked about uh, pitching our tent a little wider. 
And I know that, that, that God wants to do that. And he wants to do that in my life. And he wants to do that in each of our lives. And as a body of believers, God has got some great plans for us. And I just want to challenge us that missionaries like Ruth Clark, and Ruth, thank you for being here this morning and sharing what God has done. And we have uh, you know, uh, just over 20 missionaries that we are supporting at this point. Just think, as we expand the territory, how much further we will be able to reach. I wrote you a letter this week if you're on the mailing list, and uh, I talked about picking up one missionary per month for the next 12 months as a goal. In order to do that, we have to see more uh, giving in our faith promise. And I'm going to challenge you to partner with us. Whatever, if you've given a faith promise before, I'm going to encourage you to make a new one. And maybe that's what you're able to do and ask God to go beyond that. Jessica and I, we've, uh, we have given uh, through faith promise giving uh, as far as we can remember. I remember in high school being challenged for Speed the Light and growing up uh, and giving up my very first faith promise of $2 a week. <laughs> and, uh, and it's grown from there. And besides our house payment, it's the largest payment or uh, outgo in our budget every single month. And God has allowed us to do that because, you know, just because of his faithfulness. And I want to challenge you this morning to do something within your ability and even beyond that. We're going to take a moment and we're going to ask God, what would he have us do this morning? Again, if you need a faith promise card, just slip up your hand. We'll get you one. Um, Greg, um, why don't you do this? Uh, find something uh, appropriate to play just for a moment. We're going to give you a chance not only to, to, to give to Anthony Yaboa and to his ministry, um, but also to give in this offering to give your faith promise pledge this morning. And so without uh, further ado, we're just going to let you let the Lord work on your heart this morning, and I'm going to challenge each of us to fill one of these out at this moment.
bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to hold your faith promise in your hand. And I just believe as God um, is stretching us that he's going to do miracles in your life. Ushers, why don't you come at this point? We're going to take an offering, a faith promise, uh, where we're going to ask you to make a faith promise and then also to give to Anthony. And uh, Spirit of God, I just pray in this moment, Lord, that you will honor the faith of your people. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, for helping us, God. Lord, we are nothing without you. But God, through us, you want to work in our lives to touch across this lakeshore, across the United States, and across the world. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what only you can do in this moment. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Just so you know, the faith promises that are turned in today, uh, we will be looking at those on Tuesday night as a missions board, and uh, we will be reporting back to you. Um, if you did not give a faith promise this week um, and need more time, uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be gathering those, and uh, this will help us determine future mission support. And, uh, and I know that a, missions, a healthy church is a missions-giving church. And uh, God, God bless each and every one of you um, this morning. Uh, once you've given, why don't you stand and greet one another, turn. We've got a few things in the bulletin, of course, that we want to remind, remind you of. We have a hayride coming up this uh, Friday night that's going to be a blast. Uh, and that's probably most important in there uh, at this point. And God bless you. Go in the grace of God. And uh, we will see you soon. God bless you.